Well, welcome back to Trends in Low Places. This is episode two. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cushing, joined as always by boy genius Michael Howard. Hello, Michael. Hello, Mr. Cushing. How are you doing today? Well, they finally did it. 2016 finally did it. They they took everything I had. Oh. Um, breaking news in the Twitterverse, in the whole world. Star of screen and stage, Alan Thicke, has passed away oh. at the age of 69. When will you stop, 2016? It, it's hunger knows no bounds, and I feel like by simply talking about it, we're egging it on, and it has more to prove now, and I don't care for that at one, one that bit. It is true. We, we, we did talk not three days ago about how uh, 2016, the bloodlust of 2016 just wouldn't end, and then here we are. It will not be denied. But uh, yeah, Michael, you bring up an interesting point. Uh, we last spoke two days ago, three days ago. We're, uh, we're on a roll here with episode two of Trends in Low Places. I just, I couldn't wait. Just needed more of that sweet podcast juice, hmm? Exactly. It's like a drug. I'm I'm addicted now. Mm. <laughs> what are you drinking there? A little Whistle Pig Rye, one of our, our sponsors? Oh. Yes, one of our uh, future sponsors. Indeed. I haven't gotten the check yet, but I'm ass- I assume it's coming. It's, it's in the podcast mail. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's in the podcast mail. It'll be here sometime. Yeah. Well, so I had a, a little story. Uh, so... Obviously, 2016 has not been going the way we'd all hoped it would. Um, but have you ever... When was the last time something went wrong with technology for you, Michael? Uh, I, I would have to say yesterday, while trying to fix my computer, um, <laughs> putting in a new battery, I had to literally rip apart my computer uh, because one of the, the screws was broken. Mm. Although that really wasn't, I guess, technology so much as the my inability to use it a screw or a torx head screwdriver yeah so i guess that kind of opens us up to the idea of just like technology not quite being as smart as we want it to be like one why does you know i assume hp have screws that i can't open with a screwdriver i want (laughs) to dig into that laptop and crack it open check its guts out but i had a a do you use google photos I do. Okay, so, I do it. I like it because it auto awesome. Yeah. So for you fool iPhone users, Google Photos uh, backs up all your photos automatically, but occasionally it will stitch together photos. It'll you know apply filters or it'll, it'll create a collage uh, for like a trip you went on, or if you took a whole bunch of photos in a weekend, it'll create like a little story map for you, like tile your whole weekend together. And normally it's quite nice. Like it's, uh, you know, it took beautiful. Yeah, like, oh, you took a trip down to Florida. Here's uh, you with your family and a little map that went along with it showing your journey. Uh, you know, and they tie it to a little trip, trip down memory lane. If yeah, you it's like an instant flashback in a nice little way. Usually it's to like this nice soft piano music. But this weekend I had, or yesterday, I, I got a little Google alert from Google Photos saying, that, hey, do you want to check out your weekend? I was like, yeah, sure. It's usually fun. So I kind of knew it was coming about halfway through, but for some reason, Google Photos chose like some real jock jams, like club banger, just like <laughs> pump up music. And it was pictures of my dog on the couch. But since I knew what happened this weekend, I knew that videos of my dog having a small seizure was coming. And I had to, f- I, I literally threw my phone across the room as fucking jock jams was playing showing my dog having a small tremor and uh i would just like to point out that i'm not laughing at your dog having a seizure i love sora 
like I love my own dogs. Right. And um, she is fine. I've looked into it. Apparently, she's the thing that uh, pit bulls get when they get old. They just have little head tremors. But it terrified me at the time, <laughs> and it enraged me yesterday. <laughs> and it just drove home to me the fact that as much as we rely on technology and it gives us all this cool stuff, uh, I feel like, one, we fear it for ways we just shouldn't because I think we expect it to you know, eventually take over the world and kill us. But there's just some, there's a missing piece, and I just don't know if robots or like automated technology will ever fix the fact that don't give me a fucking video of my dog having a tremor <laughs> with like the space jam pump up the yeah. jam pump it yeah up. i don't want to hear like welcome to the jam and now it's time to <laughs> just watch my dog tremor so so what you're saying is that um as smart as we think that technology is it it really it can't really get the nuance of human emotion right it has it has no idea which not its fault i guess we told it what to do but damn dog technology can really only do what you tell it to do and not really a lot more right. and even things that you think it's doing that you didn't tell it to do somebody somewhere has told it to do that some kid a lot smarter than me he's probably like 15 coded it in his basement to do something really awesome well of course yeah and he he like works at google and lives in some kind of weird google pod and gets to play in a ball pit all day, I assume, is what <laughs> It happens. does sound nice. We've, we've seen The Intern. We know how it goes. Yeah. No one's... The Intern. No uh, one's... Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's, it's all that happens. We saw Silicon Valley. No one saw The Intern. <laughs> I presume that um, probably Robert De Niro saw it, maybe? I doubt it. Was he in that one? I thought... That, yeah. Who knows? I thought that was Owen Wilson. I don't know. Anyway, uh, since, <laughs> since this is a current... Of, oh, that yeah. one. That one, not the intern with the old dude. Yeah, the intern with the older, the other old dudes who are just slightly the other younger. old dudes. But since this is a allegedly a current events podcast, um, I think we can tie this to something. You're familiar with Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs fame. Dirty Jobs, yeah. yes. Have you? So he's been a proponent of uh, skilled trades and people not necessarily having to go to college and the, the you know people basically celebrating the work that a lot of people might frown on, but is actually very meaningful work. Um, and he's been getting a lot of play during the election because he's made the claim that you know, his job, the show Dirty Jobs, celebrated the jobs that people do that maybe Trump reached uh, during the election. You know, the people who are felt ignored by the mainstream media and the economy uh, and that, you know, he felt that his show was popular with the people that uh, elected Trump, basically. I wanted to get your take on that. You know, I can see where he's coming from. Definitely. You know, he, he definitely reaches that demographic, at least with the, the people he he portrays on the show, that I think a lot of people don't normally see or maybe even don't normally want to think about. And I can see that type of person being the type of person that, that Trump really reaches, especially when he talks about jobs that you don't necessarily need a college degree or any specific um I guess, technical training to do. And they see these jobs as being taken away by somebody or something. Um, so I, I can see where he's coming from. But uh, while I agree with him, I don't agree with the people who <laughs> voted for Trump based on that. Right, yeah. And so, you know, I think Mike Rowe is, you know, he, he comes across pretty independent or moderate. I think... Uh, 
he his audience might trend towards the conservative, or at least the people who would share his posts on, say, Facebook. Um, but <laughs> now here I have a question though before we go on about Mike Rowe. Do you think that he is who he is when he's when he's being interviewed or when he's on dirty jobs? Um, yeah. So I, actually, I think that's kind of where I was going. I do think that I think he's just a genuine guy who enjoys telling the stories of people who maybe are outside of the mainstream and don't necessarily, you know, who feel like they are that simple America folk or that they find meaning in jobs that a lot of people either don't want to do or don't even know exist. Um, I think he is that kind of like, I don't think he sees himself as a champion of the people or anything like that, but I think he does. I think he is genuine in the fact that he wants those people to get recognition and that they deserve the same opportunities that people, you know, for lack of a better demographic, people on the coast might uh, ignore those jobs. Um, so I, I think he's genuine in that fact. But I find fault in the uh, a lot of the arguments or that I see around the stuff that Mike Rose says that for some reason liberals or left leaning people wouldn't agree with the fact that you know saying that college isn't for everyone and that everyone doesn't necessarily need to go to college and that skilled jobs should be done by people and that we're not training people to do those jobs still um like that's just to me yeah that to me is just that yeah that makes his, sense his facebook post or when somebody f- posts something from him it seems to be uh with the, the tagline like oh man liberals don't want to hear this or uh you know liberals just want it and it's it, it doesn't really make sense to me because i, I think that most people who are like us understand that there are are some jobs out there that I myself wouldn't want to do, but I understand that they're important and they're valuable. And um, I think if he really was, though, somebody who really was looking out for those types of people, that maybe he should have come out and said, like, hey, Trump's a lying sack of shit, and he's not the type of person that's actually going to save these jobs for you. Yeah, and I mean... (laughs) So, and that's... I feel like that's the disconnect, and, you know... he was on MSNBC talking to Chuck Todd and a couple other folks today. And, um, you know, they were obviously very welcome to have him on there. And I agree with you in one sense that maybe he should have, if he was, you know, defending those people, maybe he should have come out and said that. But I, you know, I, I do get the argument that I think his core argument is that for too long, people like Hillary Clinton and the democratic party have ignored the people that they once depended on as like, you know, their skilled labor, you know, base their, you know, their union jobs. And right now those people are hurting, you know, they haven't had the jobs, their jobs are leaving to automation, you know, even though technology is not perfect, it makes a lot of financial sense to do it. And I think Mike, well, you make a very important point there, though, is that you said automation and automation does not sound like China or Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a whole nother bag of cats. Uh, I think I think Mike Rose's point is that in which I think he has a platform to say it is that you know, we should be investing in retraining the people whose jobs are being lost to robots and not next necessarily Mexico or China, but you know, there's millions of jobs open in this country that require skilled labor and right now we're not training people to do it. I think that is Mike Rose's point which to me makes sense i don't think there's an ideological divide on that no and it just actually in that msm or nbc interview he pointed out that there's like four and a half million jobs out there that just aren't being filled because of the 
the skills gap. And there was something else interesting in the MSNBC interview is that they showed this clip of, of some guy talking about he worked in a factory and he said, oh, we keep trying to tell people they need to be retrained. And that usually means a computer job or a desk job. And I, I don't really think that's true. I work in a manufacturing environment where we're constantly coming up with um, well, what the jobs of the future are going to be. And I don't think that that means that we're trying to make people sit behind a desk. Right. Yeah. It's I, just instead of having one person per machine, you have maybe one person per a bank of machines and you have a, a bunch of higher skilled labor, but you're still making things. You're still using your hands. You're still using that those base level skills that people don't seem to want to give away. Right. And I think that's the for me, like, you know, I'm in marketing. Uh, I do writing a strategy. I know it'll be a little bit longer before a a computer program comes for my job but uh you know there it still requires human. it's coming yeah no uh, i mean i think we found like you know it still requires human inter- interaction to uh, you know operate automated things like even you know this is a a pretty far reach but you know military drones still need to be flown or at least checked in by human operators it's not you know it's not a closed loop so i, I think there's a well and it's much safer right it's much safer to fly a drone than to physically put two people in an airplane right and i i think that's the trend too is that instead of having a guy have to climb into a tank to inspect it for cracks or clean it out you have a guy driving or monitoring a robot who's doing that right you don't have to put people in enclosed spaces and worry about them you know dying of some disease later on or or getting hurt and i think that's i think that's good for america right so yeah i just i feel like there's not a lot of nuance in this conversation it's either people are taking my jobs um and maybe i don't want to do certain jobs um but we're also not training people to do the jobs of tomorrow and we're holding on for dear life to jobs that have no they don't have many legs left in this economy so uh you know i feel like people like mike Rowe are an important part of this debate and i i feel like it hurts everybody to say that one side or the other owns that part of the conversation. Um, But he's an interesting character in the, right now. I would, I would posit that even if there wasn't a such thing as global warming or climate change, even if we put that aside and we said, okay, coal is the greatest thing ever. And it's the way of the future. I would say that we're maybe 10 years away at most from having robots who can coal mine. Yeah. And so it's not the EPA or renewable subsidies or whatever else that people like to put it on that are going to be the death of coal miners as a job. It's going to be automation, just like it, just like most other things. <laughs> Somebody, I forget who, I forget one of our friends brought up the other day that the the largest I guess, employee category in the United States is drivers, Mm -hmm. truck drivers and other types of drivers. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the news recently has been a lot of information about driverless cars, which would then extend to driverless trucks. Yeah. I mean, so (laughs) what happens then? Yeah, uh, I certainly don't have a good (laughs) I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of these people right now feel like well my job is safe my whatever is safe because i do that but more and more i mean eventually like you know 
Uh, actually, the other day I saw a uh, an AI that had written a Christmas carol by reading all Pandora Christmas songs. And I have to tell you, it was horrifying. <laughs> it made no sense. It sounded like the the deranged ramblings of a serial killer trying to like bring some holiday cheer to his notebooks filled with you know poop. But uh, it's still happening. Eventually, it's going to get better. Someone's going to come for my writing job. And, you know, eventually I'm going to need to come to a spot where I can do something else. Maybe editing that stupid idiot robot and it's a stupid song. <laughs> well, there was, there was a guy uh, not too long ago who analyzed all of the top 40 country songs. And he basically came up with a formula based on, you know, I don't remember how many it was, half a dozen or a dozen different country songs that were, you know, pop country. He basically analyzed the formula and figured out what it was that made them popular and created basically a hit pop country song based on a, some kind of weird algorithm. Just wife leaving, dog left. Yeah. So, truck you know, if, 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 a, if a guy can come up with, with some kind of algorithm, there's, there's no reason he couldn't program it into a computer and come up with a, a hit country song or a hit pop song or whatever. I mean, we, we know that. We know that songs and pop songs are not, I would say, the most deep or intellectual things. Um, Nick, so it's only a matter of time before Justin Bieber is like the Justin Biebs 4000 well, or Nickelback whatever. is top 40 radio, so I feel like <laughs> a robot can't do any any worse. Um, <laughs> Did you see that article about how they were going to uh, like punish criminals by making them listen to Nickelback? Yeah, only in Canada. That's This is the, yeah. like the politest way to love punish Canadians. a DUI. Can I talk to you about Facebook trending topics? Wait, first, first of all, I I, I have to take a moment for one of our sponsors. Um, our, our very first official sponsor, uh, Cushing Pools. Oh, hey. Cushing Pools uh, will get you wet. Okay, thank you. That's just a very quick one. We'll there. revisit that later in the show. They are our, our <laughs> one and only sponsor. Speaking of people building things, yeah. can't have a robot build a no. pool. Well, well, I hope not. Um <laughs> Yeah, can I talk to you about Facebook topics? Uh, I would love to. I mean, so once again, it's the deep, dark abyss. It's just a nightmare factory. There are two different Kardashians trending. But um, also Bill Murray, which got me a little scared given our, our Alan Thick conversation. Um, he's, Please tell me he's, he's alive. okay. He's just he's okay. fine and dandy. But um, so Universal Studios in Japan is going to open up a Super Nintendo World theme park. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for that. Just I, I want to nerd out on that just for a brief moment because that is just delightful news for me. There, wait, so where is this at in Japan? Osaka, Japan, which is unfortunate because if it was in Orlando, I would I would set up shop and live there forever. Yeah, I would definitely have to get a couple of those fast passes. <laughs> yeah, you got to for sure. It's uh, if I buy two fast passes, can I just skip in front of the people who have fast passes already? I think you have to jump on their head, and then they turn into a shell, and then you get a mushroom and just get to run to the front of the line. But yes, you can. Do it. <laughs> you get to ride Yoshi just around around the park. Oh, wait a second. Okay, I think it's also going to happen in in Orlando. This is great. Oh no. Yep, it's coming. Oh no. There's going to be a Mario well, roller coaster. We're at opening night. Yep, we'll be there. It's to promote the 2020. Uh, olympics in in tokyo which is fantastic oh my gosh that opening or that uh that preview they did at the closing ceremonies for the for the japan mm -hmm. olympics was 
incredible. They know how to put on a show. Mm-hmm. They being a that was slightly uh, collectively racist of me by just saying uh, <laughs> Asians know how to put on a good show, but. Um, no, you were specifically talking about at least Japanese yeah, I, people. I, for that, I was specifically. Although I was thinking in my in my dumb idiot white brain that uh, the opening ceremonies in uh, China for the Olympics were pretty spectacular as well. Oh yeah, so yeah, you're just racist. Yeah, that I'll own that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that one's on me. But, but they did put on a great yeah, show. Those for the Chinese Olympics. Those drums. So, Michael, I think you had something you wanted to tell me about uh, baseball. I don't know what it is, but you were you were talking it up all day. Yes, yeah, I, I'm glad we did not open the show with it because I, I well, think it would have gone down a dark path really quick. Well, so it's funny you say that. This is the second episode in a row of two episodes where we've opened with someone dying. I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily I think that's want that. 2016's fault. That's yeah. 2016's fault. That is not our fault. Yeah, I, I want to say, let's make sure it doesn't happen again. That's all I want to say. <laughs> all right. Next time we'll open the show with something uh, happy. Yeah, let's let's do dying. that. That sounds better. Unless somebody terrible dies, and then I'm definitely opening up with them dying. Right. Yeah, then we'll we'll just have a, a little party. Okay. Um, so let's just get into it. Uh, I don't know if you... I, this is a story that happened... Uh, towards the end of of november i think actually right before thanksgiving and it really got absolutely no play the only reason that i know about it is because i happen to follow someone on twitter who is obsessed with this story and not in a very healthy way Um, (laughs) sounds bad (laughs) so this person i follow on twitter is his twitter hashtag is oh holy butt Oh no, and Michael! I don't. I, I don't like where this is going. I don't know. I don't know why I follow this person on Twitter. I, I do know why I follow this person on Twitter because I'm 12. <laughs> but I don't know why I originally started following this person on Twitter. But there was a story from came out of minor league baseball, the Rangers organization for hazing. Okay, and it wasn't just any normal. Can hazing. I real quick minor league baseball and yes. minor league sports in the, in the general? are the craziest thing on the planet. Those, like, those guys just don't know when to quit. That's all I'll say. Well, especially with baseball, because they grab these guys straight out of high school, or in this case, it happened, I believe, in the Dominican Republic. Okay. In their, like, training facility in, in the Dominican. So I, I think these are, like, fairly young people that were involved. And actually, the person who got hazed was uh, underage. Oh, no. Michael, no. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know what other way to say this other than just come out and say it. Four minor league baseball players held down a fifth minor league baseball player oh, and uh, no. forcefully masturbated no, him. To, oh, Michael, no. Yeah, this this is something that happened and, and no, one, no one talked about it. All right, well, I guess I'm going to ask the obvious question. To completion? That was the obvious uh, question, right? You know what? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that was covered in the news story that I read. And <laughs> he came. Oh, Michael, I don't like this story at all. <sighs> well, so, oh, oh wait, it gets better. Um they posted it to Snapchat. Oh boy. Oh. 
think thinking yeah. it would disappear just in, um or, oh. <laughs> the the quote the quote from from the the report is that uh he was grabbed and maneuvered underneath a hand towel oh boy well i will say so i grew up playing baseball um i played in high school i was never forcibly uh jerked off i guess um oh you i mean you could do that on your own yeah no i'm you don't need help yeah i'm a skilled player in that in that uh sense um but i will say that baseball in general is one of the most homoerotic sports i feel like that exists and i think a lot of it is because they play so many games it's so hot you have to travel a lot to get places you just get weird people just get weird but i i don't think that explains this this is just a whole new level of nasty and it doesn't i wouldn't say it gets weirder but there's definitely other weird parts to this story right, laid on me <laughs> so one one of the people who is the alleged uh alleged masturbator the alleged for, forcible masturbator the alleged jacker offer i don't know exactly how you would refer to that but uh is a is a, a player by the name of they brought in the left rugned odor they brought in the left <laughs> that's fun he gave him he gave him the, the heat the, the high if you will. The high, high hard one the high hard one uh so one one of the offenders They're swinging goodwood alleged offenders is isn't is a player by the name of rugned odor okay. Uh, who is related to a player on the Rangers Major League Baseball team. I believe he plays second base or shortstop. I can't remember who is. Uh, I bet you can't guess what his name is. His name is also Rugned Odor. Oh, okay. So the brothers who play for both the one place for the Texas Major League Baseball team, one place for the Texas Minor League Baseball team have the exact same name. Hmm. Are you that Rugnet Odor? No, no, that was my idiot brother. <laughs> and <laughs> and when when one of the reporters asked the old elder Rugnet about his about the fact that his brother was named the same name as him, he looked at him like he was crazy, and he was like, "Of course." Wow. And they were like, "What do you call each other at at family events?" And he said, "Rugnet. It's my my name. I call him by his name, Rugnet." So, what was the did it get swept under the rug? Was there like a penalty? No, happened? no, it was. It's. I mean, there's stories, and people were, people were cited and arrested, and and actually the the reason that I I came across this story was because my or Major League Baseball just instituted new uh, hazing rules, but really the the main issue of the new hazing rules was the ban. Uh, people from dressing from making the the rookies dress up as women yeah not not anything about the the forcible masturbation sure, just, just don't don't make them dress up as women yeah because that crosses a line Ooh, mm-hmm. oofa doofa yeah so this kind of reminds me of a story from uh from my high school um i won't name any names but there was a in the locker room at just after uh, practice, um, two or three kids grabbed another kid in the showers, grabbed his uh, his uh, dingle dangle, if you will, and uh, colored on it with a highlighter. 
and they recorded it and texted it to people. And uh, that didn't go well for anybody. What? This is. <laughs> By the way, we're gonna we're gonna fix uh, Dingle Dangle and post. Uh, I won't make it in the final cut. So were they just like, hey? let's grab this kid in the showers and they're like yeah that's not enough oh. we should definitely do something to his dingle dangle and there a guy was like hey i happen to have this highlighter yeah, i really want to really want to make that dick pop <laughs> yeah i don't know well that also reminds me of a story that happened at my high school <laughs> i kid you not they're that like half of the baseball team was suspended because they uh assaulted a one of the freshman players with a bunch of icy hot and possibly a broom handle on a team bus see i'm telling you high school baseball is that they're obsessed with balls and they have free time and honestly like on our bus half of the games we would play we would just sit like on opposite sides of the bus take like a half empty water bottle and just try to like throw it as high as we could in the air but also hit the other guy across the seat across the aisle in the balls (laughs) <laughs> See, that was going to be my question for you because I knew you played baseball. Why does it? Why do these stories only happen in in baseball? I, there was stories about rookie hazing for football, and it's like, oh, we duct taped the dude to the to the goalpost, or we gave him a Friars haircut for Tim Tebow, or you know, something stupid and fun like that, or we make him carry a pink backpack or whatever. But why does baseball always tend to go to the absolute extreme? Because so my theory is that it's just that you have so much time on your hands. Like it, you know, you think about a major league season, it's 162 games. Each game is like 18 hours long because no one gets in the friggin' <laughs> box. Um, it's hot, you know, so and most of the time, even when you're actually on the field playing, you're not doing anything because the you know the ball doesn't come to you or you know your pitcher's doing whatever. So it's just like you have so much time with like a small group of people, and you know I think like a football team is is larger. You know, there's you have more interaction. Everything moves a little bit quicker. You don't have like if you're not playing, you're probably going over plays with your coach or you're you know doing something. Baseball. So do you think these things are happening on a regular basis and we just hear either the the worst stories or possibly the stories from the stupidest people who yeah. post it to Snapchat instead of just keeping it with, amongst themselves? Yeah, so I, I think we're, we're – one, baseball, like you're getting the dumbest people possible. But it's also just like – I think it's a culture <laughs> of like I have to one-up the last dumb shit that someone else did because we have so much time and we can't go backwards. Like <laughs> – like it, you know, if we did one thing, always, always, always forward, always move forward. So yeah, I, I think I think it's just like a combination of free time, bored people, you know, a a hierarchy of veterans and you know people who are coming in and out of the team, especially in the minor leagues. It's not a lot of stability with the people who are around you, and just like there's probably not a lot of accountability. But it's just like, yeah, might as well just hold that dude down and do like. Take away his... Manipulate him underneath a hand Yeah, take away his dignity as a human being, which is just... We didn't even get into that. That's just the... I feel bad for this dude. But, uh, wow. Yeah, it does remind me of one thing. We said it earlier. You know what we forgot to do in the first episode? 
We forgot to fix it in post. Oh, yeah. We didn't fix anything. Yeah. I'll take the lion's share of that one since I, you know, put it together. But, yeah, we didn't fix it. No, we we definitely, we said we would fix it. Yeah, like multiple times. But but basically, the extent of me fixing it was saying, hey, Kush, you should probably learn how to use Audacity and fix it. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely do that. And then I, I guess I didn't, did I? I miss that one. Um, you, you know it. You you tried <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So, well, we didn't fix it, but I think we're you know we're learning from our mistakes. Probably. Um, you mentioned. I think you should definitely fix uh, Dingle Dangle though. Every time we say Dingle Dangle, you should uh, record yourself saying something Penis. else and just <laughs> just paste it right over there. Just, just so we're not saying dingle dingle a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, they these um, I won't call them gentlemen, but these baseball players posted their their uh, heinous acts on Snapchat. Um, mm-hmm. Do you Snapchat, Michael? I have Snapchat, and I watch other people's Snapchats, but I have to admit that I do not get Snapchat. Right. It's because and I think because you're old. Exactly. Yeah. I think I don't think it's my demographic that they're really aiming to with Snapchat. Well, so I will say, um, you know, I'm a hot blooded millennial, so I got to be on them social platforms nonstop. I I actually Google searched the other day how to get a Snapchat filter because I cannot figure it out oh, on my you phone. Sweet, I still you can't. Sweet baby. God. I like want to put butterflies in my hair. And send it to somebody, but I can't. You gotta so go to selfie mode. Hold down your, on your face; it'll give you a little, little uh, grid, and then you'll have your little filter. So you just swipe left. But um, so yeah, I Snapchat, but it's mostly just my dog. Like I need another vehicle to send dog pictures to people. Mm-hmm. You like you know my Instagram's eighty percent dog, but Snapchat. We're pushing a hundo for show. <laughs> um, but you mentioned. Did you ever do a face swap with your dog? Um, she doesn't sit still long enough for mm. me to get it. So no, I haven't. It's, I I want to, but you know, you know, Sora does not like me very much. So if I sit next to her, she's she's moving away unless I got. Yeah, she's she's yeah. gone. She's unless I have her. a treat, she's she's gone. But um, have you seen uh, these Snapchat spectacles? <laughs> I have seen. I thought it was like a satire thing, like uh, like an Onion article. Like, oh, Snapchat spectacles. Um, but it appears that it's actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is, what the fuck? Yeah. Because I don't get it. Well, so I guess... Actually, I have that in my notes right here. It just says, Snapchat spectacles, WTF. Right. That's my entire note. So, I feel like you're a little colored just by, you know, you haven't figured out them filters, my man. Like, <laughs> come on now. But, um, you know, so I'm a, I like technology. I, I, I like to, I can't afford the next big thing generally, but I like knowing about them. I actually really like the, the idea of the Snapchat spectacle, mostly because, you know, you, you remember Google Glass? I yeah. Do. So that thing cost $1,500 and did like all Oof. sorts of nothing. You looked like a total weirdo with them. No one knew what you were doing when it was, you know, and most people were probably just like, oh, I can see Google Maps on my glasses. Um, but, you know, I think everyone assumed like you were recording them like 
drink their coffee or you know be weird um i've gained a new appreciation for google glass though through my through my job where we we deal with a lot of augmented reality in manufacturing settings and in that environment it makes perfect sense yeah no i mean i think so this is dumb i I mean i think there's plenty of room for augmented reality done right and i think (laughs) i could talk about pokemon go all day but i think that showed (laughs) even like that people will use it when it's applied correctly or even on a very nuanced basis and google glass did not do that it was hey clip this weird looking thing on your fucking face and try to do everything in the world with with augmented reality and it you know it cost too much the only people who had it were like rich white dudes who are not generally the most trustworthy people in in the first place um well i think it was google basically saying like look what we can do right which is kind of what google does like you know and then a bunch of people saying like hey look what we can afford right exactly and i think the the thing that snapchat does with their spectacles is it costs 130 dollars it does one thing like it lets you record video and they look ridiculous enough that and i guess they light up when someone's actually recording so like you know what they're doing it only goes to snapchat to like your followers so you know it it's disposable after a little while and it does it solves one problem like it's like i can record my life as i see it where google glass tried to be like yeah, record your life and check out the map to the subway and play a game on your glasses when no one will know. And just like, and it was expensive. So, you know, the people who adopt cool products or like are the arbiters of cool, in this case, like 15-year-olds, um, can afford Snapchat spectacles. I, I, I actually, I think it's a, it's a... Could you afford Snapchat spectacles when you were 15? Um, $130? I mean, I couldn't, but... Uh, I assume the people who are like Instagram stars or YouTube stars who oh, you know <laughs> true. are the average age is twelve. Um, so so we're marketing; they're just marketing the Snapchat stars, right. exactly. Basically. But okay. I mean, again, though, it's a piece of technology that does one specific thing at a fairly affordable price point, which uh, I think Google Glass did not do because Google's not really interested in making money; they're just interested in throwing dumb ideas at the wall and seeing what sticks. They're definitely not interested in making yeah. money. But yeah, actually, so to, to the detriment of their shareholders, yeah, who who wants money? <laughs> yeah, but I, they're going to save the world though at some point, one day, or or we'll just have to wait for Elon Musk to t- take us to Mars. But yeah, I, I'm on board with Snapchat spectacles. I I, I think it's uh, they're fun enough and cheap enough that I think they'll be okay, and they're hard to find. <laughs> so it, no one's no one's <laughs> going to have them, so it doesn't matter. Oh, well, I was actually going to get you a Christmas present, but I guess if I can't find them, then I was just going to get you Snapchat spectacles and um, make you wear them all the time until you admit that they're dumb. I mean, that would take me literally three (laughs) minutes because I don't wear sunglasses inside, Michael. That would be ridiculous. Well, I was going to go back a little bit just a smidgen to to the baseball and sports thing because i i wanted to ask you a question so you know eventually one of these players is going to make it up to the major leagues right Mm -hmm. maybe more than one and it's going to come out that they were one of the people that that did this 
I remember when when a player came up to the, uh, the the Chicago Cubs and all they talked about for like the first three games he played was how he killed an endangered bird during spring training or something ridiculous, and that was like five years beforehand. Like on like on um, purpose. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was you know near the ballpark and he threw a ball at it and he killed it. I don't know, I don't remember, Aww. but yeah, it was it was not good. And this is what I'm saying, like, um. What's weird, though, is that I, I feel like it'll be brought up, he'll be on the team, and he'll make a good play, and then everyone will completely ignore the fact that he basically sexually assaulted someone else, and it'll just be like, yeah, he's a baseball player, and I root for him now. Right. And I find that very odd. <laughs> it's not odd so much as like drastically upsetting and, I think, indicative of the <laughs> human condition in that... I think particularly around sports, there's that culture of like a tribalism or like team identity that even if you're not on the team, like it means something for you to be a fan. Like, you know, like, like you're, you're a Cubs fan. Do you say the, do you say the Cubs won the world series or we won the world series? Um, I try to not say we, but but for the Cubs, it's very difficult. Yeah, I get it. It's very difficult. You know, after all these years, um exactly so i feel i try to save the we for the the gators because i i feel like i went yeah. there so i at least contributed something yeah you were there during the good years too yeah oh yeah yeah so i think it's more that you know we we identify so much with our sports teams where even if people are inherently bad it takes a lot for us to be like to condemn them for their very obvious and like sometimes heinous like sins like it's you know we we hand wave a lot away in that um you know if you're a Steelers fan you know you you probably love Ben Roethlisberger but if Tom Brady had done half the shit that um Ben Roethlisberger done well a Steelers fans already hate Tom Brady so maybe that's not the best example but I, I feel like it's it's so easy to get wrapped up in that identity that oh I'm part of this guy's like culture and team and everyone else playing him is the enemy anyway. So I can defend him, even though he's done bad stuff. I'm going to ignore it because he's doing good things against, uh, you know, the people I hate. So you're just trying to justify the fact that your Yankees re-signed to Rollis Chapman is what you're saying. Hey, my dad's a Yankees fan. Those guys can cheat <laughs> two million. But um, so it's even um, so I'm you know, I watch soccer. I'm a Liverpool fan. And um I'm sorry. Number three in the league, baby. Um, but I had a very hard time when they had um, uh, Luis Suarez on the team because he scored like a zillion goals. He was so fun to watch. But then, you know, he bit people on the field. Like he would just bite. Partial partial cannibal. Yeah, he would just bite them. Like just, oh, I got mad and I bit you. So, Which is weird. Like that's just a – as far as I know, he's the only major athlete who's just – it's like him and Mike Tyson yeah. that like can't control themselves and just bite people. Right, but like he's like a rabid like dog. He's I think five people now in like various competitions, like you know cups and whatnot. He just bites them and and like and he just he he was fun to watch, but he's also he would just like not play the game in a great way. Like he'd fall to the ground at every second he got. Um, so yeah, like for me, since I. 
I don't get super invested in sports like I like like I like watching them, but I don't love seeing that sort of behavior. And I think having criminals around is uh, not great. And even like you know my beloved Gators uh, under uh, you know the old herb dog, we had a couple legitimate criminals on the team, didn't we? Murderers, if yeah, you will. They, they murder people, didn't they? They did. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like it's just that, like, tribal nature where you kind of have to defend your own, especially if you, like, are really invested in a team or a culture that you feel the need to defend them, even though you know if someone else did it, you would hate them for it, and that it's just obviously bad behavior, but it's like, no, I gotta, you know, they're a good person because they're, they're beating people that I hate, <laughs> which is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they're beating them at this game so therefore the fact that they uh are possibly alleged rape rapists is totally okay yeah and me. i feel like that might also speak to this um kind of atmosphere in this country where we identify people who get paid a lot of money as being inherently good people like if if someone is rich and is like talented and like on tv that even though we can kind of like grown at the stuff they do they must still be good because they're rich or have like gotten ahead in a certain way so like they get a free pass because like just the mere fact that they've earned money or are really talented or are are famous means that they're good i think that's just kind of like i don't know if it's uniquely american but i feel like it's it's very much that we identify that fame and power and like money and wealth as an indicative of a valuable person. So I feel like we can hand wave a a lot of that crap away because we think they're good just by the nature of them being wealthy or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like, I I guess we assume, especially for athletes, I think people just assume a baseline level of dickishness. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like they assume a, a baseline level and, and then it takes a long time to get, a far enough away from the baseline to actually say like, Hey, wait a second. This guy, uh, beat his girlfriend and threw her on a bed full of guns that maybe he shouldn't get another job. Right. And I think that's another a deeper level is like, I think a lot of for athletes specifically, I feel like, and in ways that like maybe musicians and actors don't get this, but for athletes, I think we kind of say it's that like, Oh, boys will be boys. Like, you know, they're in a, they're in that warrior sport, you know, their their job is to be angry and mean and tough. So like baseball. Yeah. It's a warrior yeah, it's sport. It's a real man's man out there. Mm. Just, you know, spitting sunflower seeds. Running, throwing yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I feel like a lot of times we're like we we forgive that sort of like toxic level of like masculinity because oh, it's their job to be that tough or be mean and that, you know, that's just their like natural aggression which in on one hand we admire in sports but when they apply it to their personal lives and you know hurt people i think it's it's tough for people to manage that level of dissonance in their brain it was like oh i like this on sunday but oh he shouldn't be doing it monday through friday um and like again we forgive it because we value that level of pain or whatever on on one day a week so yeah, I don't know. And I will say, I feel like actors get a free ride on that, too, sometimes. Like, they're just like, oh, they're just creative. They can be crazy and hit people. Like, Johnny Depp. Like, I don't know. I never want to see him in another movie again, but I'm sure I will because he, he's Johnny Depp. 
Yeah, Rachel will not watch a Tom Cruise movie because of his uh, his Scientology <gasps> ties and his treatment of of Katie Holmes. Yeah, she got a raw deal, huh? Mm-hmm. I will say I I love Tom Cruise. Like I hate him, but I'm gonna watch his movies. Like I can't n- I I can't not watch that Tom Cruise. He's so short, but so charismatic, <laughs> and he's so weird. It always amazes me how incredibly short he is. Yeah, he's a tiny little man. So I happened to go to the the trends for Twitter just as as we were talking Uh-oh. here, and What's... obviously the the top one is Alan right. Thick. I mean, but the second one down is Teen Wolf, which I'm a little excited about. I I, I don't know why. Yeah, lay it on me. What's up? What's up with Dylan? Wait, wait, who's Dylan? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's on Teen Wolf though. <laughs> yeah, Dylan. Oh, maybe Teen Wolf is just on. I don't know. I thought maybe we were talking about the movie. No, it's my boy Dylan. O- really it's my boy Dylan O'Brien. He plays. He, oh, okay. he plays Styles, according to Google. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, just a bunch of stuff about Teen Wolf the show. <laughs> no, nothing cool. I'm sorry. I've completely derailed everything. Well, um, how about uh, a new segment called? What's on Weibo? <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> Michael, what do you think is on Weibo? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going to assume that it has something to do with... Um... I'll say this. One, the story from episode two, or episode one, uh, about the um, Alipay online sort of prostitution, uh, like selling nude pics for money. Mm-hmm. Still a big deal. People are are just shocked and outraged. But we have a couple stories that I feel like what is this, what is the deal with the one finger selfie? What is the deal with the one finger selfie? I don't know. I haven't actually clicked into the article. It looked fun, uh, but not too fun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I saw one article which I, I kind of we talked about um, Nickelback in Canada earlier. So here's. It's called Starry Eyes, Starry Eyes, uh, Police Make Offenders Stare into Full Beam Headlights. <laughs> Which, like, it seems just like a, if you if you are driving around uh, Shenzhen using your high beams, police will pull you over and make you sit on a little stool and stare into the high beams of your own car. Which... Again, uh, so uh, the official punishment was like a uh, 300 yuan fine. So it's like $44 and it didn't matter. So people were still driving around with their high beams on. So they have special chairs made up. They spent a lot of money printing chairs and they make people sit on them just staring at high beam headlights. (laughs) And I will say again, this has been going on for two years. And has it stopped people from using their no, high beams? it does not. Everyone just drives with their high beams for some reason in the middle of a city. I don't... There appear to be streetlights, appear to be everything. People just drive with, with uh, high beams on. Which, again, this just seems... I don't know, like... I'm fast... This is why we need driverless yeah, cars. Yeah, again, yeah. Um, can't turn your high beams on. Sorry, yeah, can't do that, People can't Dave. drive. Just nothing. Just get me some robots in there. And again, like, is the punishment seems again like I, you know I'm definitely American, white. I've only been to Asia once, but it seems like just like a very Asian punishment. 
and not even like you know an eye for an eye whatever but just like money doesn't matter so we're just gonna like waste your time to to try to fix this problem (laughs) (laughs) it's not even the high beams it's just we're gonna make you sit here like just stare into a light like it's just a silly like waste of time for everybody because no one no one like everyone refuses to just learn the rules of the road (laughs) <laughs> which i i don't know I, that tickles me tickles me just fine i really like it i think we should start instituting those penalties for um just all traffic offenses yeah like what would in the what United would you States? like to have like see people do like on just like the shoulder of the road like if american drivers had to do something for being just like a dumb dumb idiot on the road like everyone is what would you want that to be uh, you know, like, especially in the morning when I'm on my way to work, I'll drive past people who are doing ridiculous things like shaving or putting on makeup. Mm-hmm. And it would be great if somebody pulled them over and was just like, you need to physically put on makeup on your entire face for the next half hour. Or like, you need to shave your entire body on the side of this <laughs> road right now. <laughs> okay so that actually that one tickles me very yeah um so rather than and you know so i know a lot of police officers are empowered to do like blood draws during dui stops like you know, if they think mm-hmm. you're drunk they can just on the side of the road force you to give them blood which one is seems reasonable i mean that's totally yeah, normal one, that is absurd <laughs> But I kind of like the idea that if a police officer catches you, like, just full-on shaving with both hands, just kind of, like, you know, <laughs> pulling the chin to the side and going down, they get to just body wax you. Like, on the like you lay down on yep, the, on the back of the police car, and they get break out. 40-year-old version Yeah, they break style. out their kit, and they get to just rip you raw, buddy. Which is, or like which is different than the Rangers situation. <laughs> <laughs> or like you know if you're if you're driving down the road and you're you're steering with your knee while trying to eat a bowl of cereal or something like you need to finish we have boxes of cereal in the back of our car you need to finish this entire box of cereal before you get to leave right <laughs> so i recently moved to atlanta and i thought people in florida couldn't drive and then i got to like a real city no one here knows how lanes work. They just kind of go places, which I guess is standard for city driving. Uh, you have lanes? They're, I guess they're like there are lines on the road. Oh, see, in Chicago and most places, we don't even have lines on the road okay. sometimes. Well, I mean, right now, half of the roads in Atlanta are just iron plates that are just on the ground <laughs> that you just kind of drive over <laughs> um, and kind of hope for the best, like they don't pop your tires. Um so I guess we don't have a whole lot of lines, but yeah, I was wondering, like, just like maybe like if you can't stay in your fucking lane for more than ten minutes, like you get pulled over and have to do like hopscotch for you know fifteen, just like I like just fucking stay in your lane, you idiot. <laughs> I think that might be our thousand dollar idea of the of the show. Yeah, I mean, I I mean to be honest, I'd rather have police doing that sort of crap than like kicking doors in and like bothering everybody it's it kind of reminds me of in the tv shows whenever they would whenever the father would catch the kid smoking and he'd be like you have to smoke this entire pack of cigarettes now 
Eat this whole bag of weed. <laughs> Why, Dad? Makes no sense. I assume that's what you do with weed. You, you just, just eat, eat it. All. Cause I didn't go to college. You just eat it. My job yeah. is to be taken away by a robot. <laughs> so that it brings me to an, not an interesting topic, but just one in general. Um, just, <laughs> just like just the yeah, topic. just like the idiot dad. What do you think about Kevin James having a new TV show? Oh, another yeah, one called Kevin Can Wait, which is actually oh yeah, pretty solid little little name for a show. If it wasn't Kevin James, I'd probably be into it just on the the name alone. But I saw a commercial the other day. I don't get it. Is it a play on something? Yeah. Oh, like Heaven Can yeah. Wait. You know, I literally just got yeah. that. Probably because... I'm not even joking. because you didn't want to invest the brain power in it to, like, decipher. You're like, oh, Kevin James, I don't need that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. I, I think I probably heard that Kevin James was going to be in something, and that was it. That was about the extent that I wanted to think it's about like, it. Oh, Kevin J. Oh, is an Adam Sandler movie? No, okay. no. Okay, I'm done. No, thank you. Yeah, I just, like I saw a commercial for it the other day, and he just literally fell off a roof, and that was the entirety of the commercial. It was he was setting up Christmas lights, and they just <laughs> fell off a roof. And that was it. Now, if that was something that if that was a commercial for America's Funniest Home Videos, I mean, yeah, but this is a man who's made millions of dollars. Yeah, no, this is not. It's staged. If it's staged, people falling off roofs. I want to see that. I want to see actual real people falling off roofs. <laughs> Anytime America's Funniest Home Videos comes on, I watch it. Yeah, and um, it's probably one of my, uh, my my most guilty pleasures. I think I haven't watched it in a long time, probably since the Bob Saget days. If I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. oh no, you're missing out. Really. Yeah, they're still they're still going through a backlog of like 1980s and early 90s VHS oh, tapes. Man, were people just sending in that many videos? That... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I read an article about it, and they were basically talking about how they just have like a warehouse of VHS tapes, and and they can just come up with whatever they want, even if people never sent in another video. I'm pretty sure they'd be on the air for like the next hundred years. So I used to watch it with my family. And we would occasionally discuss, like, hey, what video should we should we make to, like, you know, get on the show? Make $10,000. Yeah, gots to get that 10 k uh, Did you ever – did your family ever do that? Did you ever talk about putting a video together? No. I don't think we ever had a video camera or anything mm. like that. We were not very technolog- technologically savvy. That's fair. In the Howard household. That's too bad. You just liked seeing other people get hit in the balls with – you know, like oh, yeah, T-balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember we talked about it, but I never, like, we never put anything together, mostly because I think my dad would never deign to be on television. <laughs> even even if Vanilla Ice is involved. Well, well, actually, he he's tried to be on TV with Vanilla Ice. He, he worked with Vanilla Ice, and Vanilla Ice cut him twice now. It's our, our deepest family shame that my father has uh, both... Met Vanilla Ice, built pools for Vanilla Ice, and uh, has only appeared on TV with him for approximately four seconds. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Cushing Pools, the nation's preeminent provider of swimming pool construction, uh, centered in Palm Beach County, Florida. Um, yeah, they're. Uh, we'll put it in the back. We'll put it in the front. We'll even put it in the side if that's what you're yeah. into. Wherever you want it, we'll put it. Cushing Pools. <laughs> 
Michael, here's a question from Reddit. What do you think about this one? If Jesus was a baker instead of a carpenter, would he have had 13 disciples? No. Yeah, no, 12 is the right number. Yeah, 12 is the correct number. <laughs> yeah. There's a little, just a little Reddit joke for you. <laughs> I bet I bet that post, or I bet that topic has probably like just a thousand posts. Um, and at some point it devolves into some kind of weird racist argument about, uh, like, who, who, who knows? I can just assume. So I'll be honest with you. It only has 70 comments on the front page of Reddit, which is pretty impressive. Um, it is bracketed. That means it was posted 30 seconds ago. Four hours ago um, to oh. uh, subreddit shower thoughts. It is bracketed on the front page of Reddit <laughs> by um, I'm a licensed plumber with 14 years of experience. Ask me anything. Oh. And uh, a article about a Saudi woman being uh, arrested after tweeting a photo of herself without the hijab, um, which is pretty distressing. And I don't I don't care for that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to hit on today, Michael? I feel like we've we've kind of run the gambit on stuff, but we ha- we got some some topics we can talk about. Well, there's something else on on Reddit that I just I just wanted to read just yeah. for fun. Uh, things I learned: the group Bloodhound Gang recorded a track called "The Ten Coolest Things About New Jersey." The song is just ten seconds of silence. <laughs> <laughs> no one at home could hear that, but I just giggled to myself. <laughs> Absolutely silently for for five seconds. <laughs> so, what is your what's is, your experience? Just continuing our trend of making fun of New so, Jersey. On yeah, we show. should do it. I, I'm. Fr- I mean, my family is from New Jersey. I've only been there twice, but man, that's a depressing place, huh? <laughs> I drove through there once, and I just remember this. Uh, yeah, drove through as quickly as possible. Man. Okay, well, Michael, you got anything else for us today? I mean, I have things. Okay, lay it on me. What you got? I have things we could yeah, discuss. Let's go. So, I was watching the Trevor Noah interview with Barack Obama. Okay, I miss it. That happened I yesterday. That yeah, it was basically the entire show was just a twenty-five minute interview with Barack Obama. That was the. It was not funny, and I it wasn't trying to be mm-hmm. funny. And it was really weird because um, even in, in John Stewart's like most, I guess, politically driven days, he would still interject some some amount of comedy into his interviews, even if they were very right. serious. And so it was kind of interesting to see uh, somebody who, who supposedly is on a fake news channel, you know, a fake news uh, show to earnestly interview you know, the president for the last eight years who is who's going to be going out and being replaced by a orange shriveled ball sack of a human being who basically doesn't care about anyone racist else. Puff cheetah. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and it made me actually it made me sad in a lot of ways listening to Barack Obama talk. And it also made me think like. Is it possible to still have a nuanced political discussion in the environment that we're in? Like, is anyone actually listening to anything um, 
any argument or debate that isn't somebody just yelling and screaming and making shit up. Yeah, I mean, I gotta be honest with you, I don't think so. And so I'll say a couple things on that. Like, one, I I know among my conservative group of acquaintances, family, friends, whatever, Obama always got a lot of flack for going on like talk shows and comedy shows and you know being funny. Like it, it was kind of viewed as him just being flip and like kind of being out for fame, which is ridiculous to me but i know i personally am gonna miss that level of interaction with him and like specifically looking at either of the of the candidates we had in this election like his brand of comedy even is gonna be sorely missed in the next four years like whether hillary had won or not like barack obama has been a incredible like person to watch not and not just from a comedy perspective although he was he excelled at that um the dad jokes are going the away. dad jokes are going away the dad genes are going away and joe biden's going oh, away uncle is... joe is going away yeah but mm-hmm. i mean beyond the dad jokes like obama has had if you watch his like white house correspondence center he's got impeccable comedic timing he was just like a fun guy to watch and like see him see how he handled the pressures of his job in such a dignified but like equitable like you know way that you could connect to him so i'm gonna miss that about him but um i i think one i like you know speaking to his uh interview with noah which i haven't seen um i don't think it surprises me that trevor noah took a different approach to that interview than john John stewart did um it seems like he's been trying to take the show in a different direction which i appreciate and have enjoyed to a certain extent i miss john stewart but I, i i appreciate that um Trevor's taking, you know, kind of owning the show. But he had an interview maybe two weeks ago or a week ago with, uh, I hope I don't mispronounce her name, but Tommy Lauren, um, kind of a, you know, correspondent for Blaze News, has her own show largely online. And she did not, she waded into a conversation that I know she talks a lot about on her show because I've seen clips shared from, you know, mostly family members or, you know, kind of my inner circle of friends who are conservative. And she talks a lot about things that she doesn't seem to have the perspective in, but she's angry and loud and it gets a lot of attention. And on the show, she was repeating those talking points to someone who was prepared to answer them in Trevor Noah. And she didn't respond to them other than just kind of repeating platitudes. And even... It kind of sucked because, like, the left-leaning media reported that as Trevor Noah dismantles Tommy Lauren or whatever. And, you know, the, it was easy for the, you know, kind of my... Everything's in a, a complete evisceration of everyone right. else anytime you have any type of debate. Right, and I now. hate that. And it's like, yeah, like, in a lot of ways, like, Trevor Noah, had, he was prepared. He had good points. But, like, he also, like, clearly didn't approach the conversation in a way that he was looking for. Like, you know, like... He didn't. He didn't make eye contact. He was like, you know, a little dismissive a lot of times. Which I'm not. I, I don't want to like dismiss him on that. And like, if if I had been talking to her, I probably would have been doing this, the exact same thing. Um, but it's just like, you know, in a lot of in a lot of ways, like her opinions deserve to be driven into the ground and not respected in the way that like, I, or in not that he didn't respect her. Um, it just like I don't think that conversation really happened. Like they were both two people who met 
and he didn't force the issue in a lot of things. She said her piece to a, you know, basic cable audience instead of her online channel. And yeah, I don't know who won with that, but I think both sides came away walking away from it. One that he eviscerated her, demolished her. And on, on the Republican side, it was all like, you know, he misses the mark or, you know, he tried to bully her or whatever. So I, I just, I think we've, I think this even ties into that sports conversation we had earlier. People just so identify in their tribal nature that, you know, when I have conversations one-on-one with people, we can find common ground, but it, this um, sort of monolithic conversation where we identify people as conservatives or liberals or right or left, like we can't find that common ground because we're starting from a place where we don't agree with each other just because we don't think we agree with each other. How do you even start a conversation with those types of right. people? And I mean, and a lot of times it's, you know, I, I have conservative friends that I want to talk to, but um, particularly people I went to high school with, and, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not equipped to talk about, you know, women's rights with, you know, a, a girl I went to high school with who is super pro-life, which I respect that opinion. But, you know, they refuse to see the other side of that and that, you know, maybe there's another opinion out there. And so like some conversations I can't approach in that way. And and it's it's such a stark difference in opinion that and it's i think more and more people have become such moral one opinion sort of voters that if you don't agree with them on one thing you don't agree with them on anything you know yeah it's another question is um (laughs) how do you do political satire anymore when basically the president and his cabinet and everyone associated with him is basically like political satire come to life can you satirize something that is already just satire yeah so this is a this is another thing i'm glad we got to this i um this one hurt me um so just speaking of the cabinet like one i agree with you i i don't understand how you can through humor poke more holes in things than are just like visibly horrifying you know like i i don't have cable so I, I get um, over-the-air news, and in the morning, I put on either ABC or CBS. And recently, I discovered, um, and maybe I shouldn't have been shocked by this, but in it, in Georgia, in Atlanta, uh, at 9 a.m., uh, my local CBS affiliate turns over to the 700 Club, uh, the evangelical um, TV mm. network. And I happened to be at my home a little late uh, this morning, and... Uh, Pat Robertson invaded my television screen and <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was pouring my coffee to walk out the door and I had to stop because he, he was raving that um, with the nomination of uh, Rex Tillerson and then what would soon be the nomination of uh, Rick Perry for energy, God. this was the best cabinet in memory and that, is he a goldfish? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just that, you know, Rex Tillerson was an incredible statesman and going on and on and on about just, one, Pat Robertson never really had a, a firm grasp on reality, but uh, he's clearly lost the plot in his, in his older age. And just a rambling treatise on how this was the best fit, in, you know, for the cabinet and how the Democrats were losing their mind for blah, 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 blah. 
And so one, it spoke to me that I was in Georgia, still in Georgia. Um, but uh, yeah, just this kind of extreme, like even what we talked about last time about Trump sort of being infallible, this extreme adoption that whatever he does is right. And like no less than a year or two ago, Pat Roberts is railing on Donald Trump for being you know, immoral and unethical and all this stuff. But now that he's president, just like, oh, yeah, he's our guy. So like, I don't understand how you can like, – there's no room for humor anymore because it's all just ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, SNL makes fun of Donald Trump, but it's not even making fun of him. He They just repeat what he yeah. said. Like he writes their jokes In... for them, which is absurd. <laughs> and then he tweets about how they're terrible and they're – they're biased and it's like we're just literally repeating what you've already said so um stop writing our jokes for us or i mean don't i guess but yeah i don't know yeah i just yeah i I don't know like it's it's just such a absurd state of affairs right now that like what a year ago would have been absurdist humor is now just like oh yeah yeah like the guy who said the department of energy shouldn't exist is going to lead it up the guy who's suing the APA is, or EPA is going to be leading it. Um, you know, a guy who puts his company before the the nation on a repeated basis is going to be the Secretary of State. Like, it's just like, and Rick Perry is going to be involved, right? That, yeah, that was on for anything. Secretary of Energy. Like, that's just, <laughs> oops. It's just like, <laughs> where do we go from here? Like, I like I I'm glad that people like John Oliver and Samantha B exist because um, it brings me joy but like uh, i i don't know where they go from here other than continue to like focus on issues that impact people but you know it's hard to find satire and things that were just a joke i feel like or i feel like this 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 is ending on a little bit of a down note and we need to uh need to pick it back yeah up we need bit. some good news uh what do you got for me michael um i'm checking the russian twitter trends and good yes mostly everything's in russian uh-huh. mostly everything's in russian and and i do not read mm-hmm. russian um but there was one hashtag that was in english and it was ed sheeran is back <gasps> he's back i don't know where he went but he is back guys and i'm really happy that russians love what ed is he sheeran, back to do and they're know? happy he's back i think he i think there's a new album no, you know what you know what it is i i just uncovered it Ed Sheeran is back on social media. Okay. He's been gone, and now he's back. For a year. God giveth. He's been gone for a full yeah. year. God taketh away, and God giveth Ed Sheeran. So, Oh, thank God, Ed yeah. Sheeran. We may have lost a national treasure today, <sighs> but we got, we got a British crooner back in action, so... Well, Michael, I think that's been trends in low places. Do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, yeah, Cushing Pools. Um, we build dreams. <laughs> they they build dreams. Yeah. Well, this has been Trends in Low Places, Episode 2. You can follow us on at uh, SoundCloud. We'll have a website launching soon with a couple of other exciting podcasts. Uh, so I I am Michael Cushing. I'm Michael Howard. And this has been Trends in Low Places. Thank you. And have a great day or evening. Toodles. Toodles.